Hello and welcome to Silver Age Silver Screen, a podcast where we watch, discuss, and review sci-fi, cult, superhero, and other stereotypically geeky films. I'm your co-host, Casey Jarms. And I'm your other co-host, Riley Thorpe. Yeah, and hey Riley, remember when we did discussions on this show? I do. Way, way, way long time ago. We're doing one again. Hurrah! Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Ah, it is the season. And what better way to spend the season than talking about one of the most powerful and long-lasting characters in the history of comic books, Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right, Santa. He exists in both the Marvel and DC universes and has appeared like so many times. I'm pretty sure looking through this, he had 26 appearances in Marvel Comics and like more than 70 in DC. That's more than Tim Allen. And Tim Allen's the best Santa Claus. Well... Are you saying that Santa Claus 3 is a bad movie, Casey? I'm saying that that Santa Claus 3 is one of those movies that you watch every Christmas with your family and have so much nostalgia for it, even though you, being an objective critic, understand that it's really, really, really cheesy and not well written. Good point. Very good point. So, me and Riley have picked out about a dozen of our favorite, just wild, insane things the comics have done with the character of Santa Claus. But before we get into this, I would like to talk about Santa Claus's origin. Like, because Santa Claus isn't... uh, Our podcast, we discuss R-rated movies and we curse. This isn't for kids. Parents... Thank you for watching it, and we do appreciate the extra viewers, but send your kids out of the room because Santa ain't real. But the cultural idea of Santa Claus is really interesting historically. He's a composite of a bunch of different ideas shaped and built over years. And honestly, Santa is totally different in a bunch of different countries. Like, I'm pretty sure in, I forget which, but in one of the Scandinavian countries, they don't have Santa. They have 13 elves. But for the sort of Anglosphere, big, jolly dude in red coat Santa, Santa is a combination of three real ideas. The first is Saint Nicholas, the Turkish priest from the 4th century, was very charitable, became a saint, did some miracles, uh, and that's where the name Saint Nick comes from. Another part actually comes from North mythology. Aspects of Santa Claus are taken from Odin, who's also very charitable, also associated with cold, gives gifts, got the long white beard. And finally, in pre-medieval England, there was a tradition for the old guys in the villages to dress up like Santa or Old Father Christmas, as he was called then, and just go around giving gifts and being merry. And these three ideas, British elders, St. Nicholas, and Odin combined to create Santa Claus. And to sell Coca-Cola all around the world. I mean, yeah, 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 but no. These three ideas combined to create Santa Claus. And I'm not talking about in real life. In Marvel Comics, that is the origin of Santa. That there were these three source similar stories that people celebrate in the winter and they were so strong that they just made a dude exist. Like Santa Claus exists because people celebrate Christmas. That's his backstory. Yeah, that makes sense. He's like a being of pure Christmas joy and hope. Who among us hasn't that happened to us? You know? 
That makes sense. Yeah, and <laughs> this is that's so insane when you think about it though. Like, does that mean that all fictional characters that a sizable portion of the world believe in are actually real in the Marvel universe? Like, is the Easter bunny real? What about Cupid? Is that like they say that Thor exists because, oh, he's an alien who inspired Norse mythology. But what if the other way is around? What if Thor exists because Norse mythology exists? It's keeping me up in the night times. Yeah, the, the, oh, Santa Claus exists because people believe in him. That raises so many questions, Marvel writers. It really does. Like, that. that's very fascinating, the idea of a being within a universe, the Marvel universe, a being composed out of just the sheer belief that he exists. It's extremely philosophical and very, honestly, very stupid, but also very interesting and very powerful, metaphorical. Honestly, it would be very interesting if they had taken the angle of Santa is like more of a metaphysical being, like something like along the lines of Onslaught, where he was just a being of pure psychic energy. Onslaught is a, an X-Men villain. He's the combination of the psyche between Professor X and Magneto, and he's just a being of pure psychic thought and energy. And it'd be interesting if Marvel had explored that as a means of that's how Santa exists. But I'm guessing that that's not the direction they went with. I mean, no, it's not really. It's just, they just act like, oh yeah, Santa Claus exists and they rarely go into the implications. But I mean, the idea of Santa Claus being a super powerful X-Men villain isn't super off base. Like the first Santa Claus story from the comics I'd like to uh, mention and the one that this episode's title, Santa Claus is an Omega-Level Mutant, is inspired by... Santa Claus is canonically the most powerful mutant in the Marvel Universe. Or, at the very least, at the time, um, I believe it was in the early 90s, he was the most powerful one that Professor X could detect with Cerebro. There was a story where it's Christmas Eve, and the X-Men detect the most powerful mutant ever, and they rush to go meet him. And also the Brotherhood of Mutants show up to meet him, and they get into a fight, and it's revealed this super powerful mutant is actually Santa Claus who uses his powers to turn the Brotherhood of Mutants into toys and erase <laughs> everyone's memories and then makes it snow and flies away. Santa Claus is the most powerful mutant in Marvel Comics. More powerful than Franklin Richards, more powerful than Hope Summers, more powerful than Magneto or Jean Grey or anyone. Or Apocalypse. Like, think about that for a sec. Huh, that's really powerful. Like, <laughs> I hate to be stating the obvious here, but like, that's crazy. He's like, he's officially more powerful than Franklin Richards. Well, according to Cerebro, yes, the most powerful mutant ever detected. Wow. And if Shit. he can magically turn people into toys and control the weather and teleport, he's probably pretty strong. So what exact, what have they determined specifically what his mutant abilities are? Oh, good. We're going into Santa Claus's power. Throughout Marvel Comics, he just does random stuff like that. He just does whatever works for the issue related to Santa Claus. But the two biggest things are, they say that he can teleport even better than Nightcrawler, which is how he delivers presents. Which, you know, it makes sense. If you're going to deliver the presents, you need either super speed, time manipulation, duplication, or teleportation. Maybe a combination of them. He right. can teleport. Also, officially, according to Marvel Guidebooks, Santa Claus has slightly above strength normally, but on Christmas Eve, 
he can lift two tons. Yeah, makes sense. Is Santa Claus ridiculously powerful in DC comics? Because you investigated that more. <sighs> well, here's the thing that I found in DC comics. He's powerful to varying degrees, because here's the thing. Every few years, DC has, like, a reboot event. You know, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the New 52, Rebirth, whatever the hell they're doing with Dr. Manhattan nowadays. Every few years, DC will do something that, like, resets the continuity in order for it to become more coherent with itself. The one constant with Santa Claus among all of these reboots is that regardless of the reboot, they're still mind-numbingly incoherent. The continuity of Santa Claus is such a joke, even with these reboots. Like the Crisis on Infinite Earths event, for example. It's when the multiverse was collapsing in on itself. Mm -hmm. There was, canonically speaking, in DC, Earth-12 is the Santa Claus universe. Because there's the main DC universe, which is like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all those people. Then there's like Earth-2, which is a different dimension. Then there's Earth-3, 4, 5, and then there's just an infinite number of multiverses. Marvel does the same thing, only the main universe is 616. Mm -hmm. For DC, it's Earth-1. Earth-12 is where, at the time, see, at the time, DC had acquired the rights to publish Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer comics. And when they did, they made it a part of the DC multiverse, and they made it Earth-12. So, canonically speaking, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie, like the, the stop-motion animated movie, that's where the, the comics springboard off of. Canonically speaking... That universe died on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, like, in Crisis on Infinite Earths, there aren't infinite Earths afterwards. The Anti-Monitor destroys most of them. Yeah. So, I mean, a few people from alternate universes survive in the main DC universe by jumping over, but most of the multiverse is just eradicated, including yeah. the classic stop-motion animated Rudolph. Exactly. Rudolph died in Crisis, alongside Barry Allen and Supergirl. Exactly. Wait, hold on. Has Rudolph appeared after Crisis? Not as far as I'm aware. Rudolph has stayed dead. He died in Crisis. <laughs> yeah. Although there is a silver lining because that particular adaptation of the story, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because there was a typo in the copywriting process, because of that typo, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is public domain now. So technically, Rudolph does still exist, but not in DC. In DC and like the official Rudolph continuity, he is deader than dead. The Anti-Monitor devoured his universe. <laughs> God, poor Rudolph. But as for uh, Santa Claus, the first appearance of Santa Claus in DC Comics was in Superman Christmas Adventure in 1940. These two greedy businessmen, they try to ruin Santa by destroying Christmas after Santa refused to go in business with them. They kidnap the reindeer and they spray them with this nauseous gas that makes the reindeer sick. Superman saves the reindeer from these businessmen, but because the reindeer are too sick to fly, Superman decides to fly the sleigh around the world and help Santa Claus deliver the presents all around the world. And at the end of the story, Santa Claus forgives the two businessmen who tried to destroy Christmas and gives them presents because that's the true meaning of Christmas, is forgiving those who tried to destroy you. Yeah. 
And then uh, the second appearance was a few years later. Another businessman just wants to destroy Christmas because he feels like Santa is putting him out of business. Not to interject, but how the hell is Santa putting him out of business? Doesn't the existence of the Christmas season usually make businesses better, especially if those businesses sell things other than toys? Because I could see Santa coming into the toy market, but Santa ain't giving out like TVs and gift cards and ties, you know? This is comic books in the 40s. These were for little children. Stop yeah. asking questions. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. It's really nonsensical. I mean, but that's what comic books were at the time. Also, more to the fact, these two random metropolis businessmen, they know how to contact Santa Claus. I mean, we know his address. North Pole. Yeah, that's true. The second iteration of Santa Claus involved that businessman basically feeding Santa Claus food that was laced with this, like, chemical that made him extra fat so that... <laughs> so that he couldn't go down the chimney. So half of the comic book is Superman trying to help Santa Claus lose weight. <laughs> yeah, you know, Soup's not like you could just fly down the chimneys yourselves or anything. Exactly. He, like, throws him onto a thawing out lake that the ice is about to crack so that he'll scare the pounds off of him. What the shit? He takes Santa Claus and puts him in an active volcano as to sweat out the fat. What the actual fuck, Superman? He grabs Santa Claus and he goes super speed around the planet, making Santa Claus run as he's flying so that he works off the weight extra fast. And just progressively, as the story goes, he becomes less and less fat so that he can actually go down the chimney. And he saves the day. Superman again flies the sleigh around the world. Santa does his Christmas thing and he forgives the businessman who tried to ruin Christmas and gives him a present. It is nice that DC Santa is very forgiving to people who try and kidnap him. Oh. On the other hand, the same cannot be said about Marvel Santa, who's kind of got an evil streak, like he's vengeful. Yeah. For instance, in the 40s, well, actually, I think it was published much later, but in the middle of World War II, in Marvel continuity, Adolf Hitler tried to kidnap Santa Claus to demoralize the Allies. And Santa was saved by Captain America and Nick Fury. Okay. And Santa never forgot. Oh no. Because when decades later, when Adolf Hitler's clone, the Hate Monger, yes, that is a character in Marvel Comics. Yep. A Hitler clone yep. called Hate Monger. When he tried to destroy New York, Santa Claus showed up and like made his pilots crash into each other and save New York. Because Santa holds a grudge. I mean, they were Nazis, so I don't really care, but... Marvel Santa is hardcore. Like, oh, I got kidnapped and made fat and Superman had to help me lose face. Nah, screw that. There's a Spider-Man comic where a burglar dresses up as Santa Claus and starts robbing people. Mm -hmm. So Santa just comes to New York, beats the crap out of him, and leaves him tied up for Spider-Man. <laughs> the cover of it is the wildest thing ever. It's a picture of Santa Claus wearing sunglasses and holding a gun. That sounds badass. That's a Spider-Man Also, comic? he's smoking. Yeah. Also, he's smoking. And the episode title is You Better Watch Out. 
Oh, god damn, dude. We need to make a movie of that. Just, that's the tagline. You better watch out. It's just a badass vigilante yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah, what's that one vine? You better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. <laughs> well, here's the thing. That was Santa Claus in the 40s. Santa Claus in the DC universe, as time goes on, he just gets more and more crazy and weird. In 2009, the DC Universe Holiday Special started exploring Santa Claus's origin. Like, they actually created a wholly original origin for Santa Claus in 2009. That said, that origin is beat for beat, exactly like Superman's origin. So when I say original... <laughs> wait, 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 what do you mean, beat for beat, super... Was I... he sent from a planet of Chris Kringle's? Chris yep. Kringle Pton? Yep. <laughs> I don't know the exact name of the planet, but yeah, he was a baby on a dying planet, and his parents shipped him off into a spaceship, sent him to Earth. He was found by a couple who couldn't have a kid in the middle of the countryside of America. They raised him. As he grew up, he started developing superpowers. When he turned 18, he decided to travel to the North Pole, to the Arctic, so where he set up shop and became Santa Claus. Exactly like Superman's origin, only it's Santa Claus. So when I say original origin, for Santa Claus, that's pretty original. But it's a beat-for-beat ripoff of Superman. But it's DC doing it, so it's like... It's just weird, man. It's, it's weird. That said, what's even more weird is the fact that later, that exact same year that came out, in 2009, there was a Hellblazer comic. Hellblazer is the character of Constantine. The Hellblazer comics, they explored the origins for Augus Nicholas, who is better known as Saint Nick. Which is, as of the recording of this, just a couple days ago, was St. Nick's Day. Oh, cool. Yeah, happy St. Nick's Day, Casey. They explored the origins of St. Nick and how he was, like you said, uh, Casey, earlier in this episode, he was a very charitable guy. He gave gifts. He was very pious. He just lived for the betterment of other people by charity. And uh, in DC, they explored how he was a legitimate miracle worker as he would bring dead children back from the dead. And then, towards the end of that storyline, Constantine finds St. Nick's dead body, digs up the dead body, grinds St. Nick's bones into a powder, and then snorts it like cocaine for extra power. This came out the same year as the Superman Santa origin story. They explored the origins of Santa Claus as a Superman ripoff. Then they explored the origins of St. Nick. And then Constantine snorts his bones powder. What is he even getting out of that? I mean, he's he's absorbing the magic from the bones. But I mean, he could just like eat them. Like... It's not cocaine, Constantine. Just because it's a white powder that you're snorting doesn't mean you're going to get high. All that I heard was his powers were enhanced upon snorting it, I guess. Oh, it's God. Like, it's, it's holy. It's the remains of a holy man, and he's yeah. like his powers are enhanced because of it. I don't know. Also, stepping outside of the bit before, I actually heard about this story before this episode, and I'm not hearing it now for the first time. Didn't that story end with Constantine making a joke about it being a white Christmas, like cocaine, but also snow? But also, oh, yeah. you snorted Santa's ashes! <laughs> yeah. 
But that's also very interesting, you see, because it's like, as I mentioned, Santa's continuity in the DC universe is all over the place, despite the fact that the point of these reboots that happen every few years is to return continuity to a coherent form. But it's like in one year, they had one Origins of Santa Claus, and then they had another and it's just all over the place. And as I go on in my list, it's only going to get crazier from here. You mentioned the changing of continuity. All I can imagine now is, uh, you know, you've seen those forums where they're like, oh, could X character beat Y character? I just yeah. imagine someone showing up and saying, well, it depends. Are we talking about post-crisis or pre-crisis Santa Claus? Because pre-crisis is way powerful. -er. Oh, yeah? How so? I don't know. I... Sorry, I thought you were going to, like, bridge off your the rest of what you were saying because of that. No, no, I was just, because that's what people say about Superman, because pre-crisis Superman was fucking OP. Oh, yeah. Speaking of crazy, weird shit involving Santa Claus, I mean, Constantine in general is kind of where, not like the wacky weird, but like the creepy weird stuff they do in DC. Yeah. Where Marvel does their wacky weird stuff is in Howard the Duck. Oh Which is a thing we need to talk about. But Santa Claus has appeared twice in Howard the Duck, and both issues are absolutely insane. In the first Howard the Duck Christmas thing, Santa Claus decides to make a nuclear-powered sleigh. Uh, as he does. Yeah, and the nuclear reactor that he builds to power his sleigh accidentally mutates the engineers. The head engineer, by the way, is a guy named Greedy Killerwatt who gets, like, electricity powers and tries to steal Christmas because nominative determinism. Of course. Yeah, but Santa Claus mutates one of his minions, a guy named Greedy Killerwatt, into a weird light bulb monster, and then Killerwatt mutates another dude into a lizard man who he names Pinball Lizard, and together they try and steal Christmas and take over the North Pole. So Santa Claus teams up with Howard the Duck to save Christmas, but even after they defeat Greedy Killerwatt and Pinball Lizard, the day isn't safe because, oh no, the nuclear reactor is melting through the North Pole and is going to go through the Earth until it reaches Antarctica, destroying the world, and they stop it, but what? 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 <laughs> This is such a weird Christmas special. It ends with one of the elves just shooting a guy in the head. Howard the Duck was the first big budget Marvel movie ever made. Wasn't it directed by George Lucas? It was produced by George Lucas. The man who made Star Wars, his company produced the first big budget Marvel film. Howard the Duck, the character that you just mentioned the story of, I'd just like to state that for the record. We gotta watch Howard the Duck sometimes, because why would you adapt that, and why is it so weird? Why is there duck titties and it's PG? I, I don't understand, but, you know. I mean, why is there rabbit titties in Space Jam or fox titties in Robin Hood? That's furry animals in general, man. True. Very true. And that's not even the last time we see Howard the Duck. The second Howard the Duck Santa special, it's just weird. For some reason, Santa Claus decides to sell the North Pole to Hydra. <laughs> and I mean, obviously he realizes, oh wait, that was a bad idea. They're Hydra. They're Nazis. I gave them Christmas. So then Santa teams up with Howard the Duck and an army of mall Santas who all have dumb names to storm the North Pole and defeat Hydra. <laughs> 
what is Howard the Duck? And why would Sam- Why would he sell it to Hydra? Dude, they kidnapped you in World War II. Also, Nazis. What? Uh, okay, okay. Say for the record that Santa Claus does, he's having an off day. He, you know, he's going through something. His marriage to Mrs. Claus isn't going so well. You know, that that's fine. Uh, let, let's assume that. And he does sell it to Hydra, right? Uh-huh. Why, why do you enlist the help of Howard the Duck and an army of mall Santas? Like, I mean, because Powers is broke because he stopped pinball lizard from stealing christmas and i mean mall santas just work for santa don't you know of course but like you don't even consult the avengers you don't go hey hey fantastic four hey x-men why don't you help me with this a little bit hydra is like the nazis are actively trying to destroy and take over christmas for the third time by the way for the third time like, at what point do the Avengers start holding Santa Claus responsible for all this? Like, hey man, it's the third fucking time you've sold Christmas to Hydra. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> at what point? At what point is Santa Claus held responsible for this? Is this the same Santa Claus that's an Omega-level mutant, I'm presuming? Uh, apparently, because all these stories I've said so far are Earth-616. <laughs> I mean, there are a few even wilder alternate universes, but so far I have only said stuff from 616 and i will point out when it's not 616 wow i mean that's pretty on par with howard the duck or what i assume howard the duck to be but uh it's i don't know that's so weird that's just bizarre that said it's so fitting with howard the duck hey guardians hey guardians of the galaxy i don't know you might want to help me with this a little bit so how's he doing in dc is he still wildly irresponsible because so far you've said that he's been kidnapped and needed superman to rescue him twice while hal jordan was the specter see after the storyline emerald twilight when um hal jordan just became an asshole and killed everyone yeah Basically. Yeah. I mean, he was depressed because Cyborg Superman blew up his home, but bit of a dick move killing all the Green Lanterns, not gonna lie. After he became Parallax, the villain of the Green Lanterns, he was sent to atone for his sins by becoming the physical embodiment of justice and vengeance, the Spectre. And while he was the Spectre, at one point he was traveling through different dimensions and he found his way to the dream dimension where all of people's dreams exist. They're a reality in this dimension. There he found Santa Claus who they mention somehow his origin in that was he was a real man who was Father Christmas and would do what he does Eventually, due to years and years of the Christmas spirit and people believing in him, as I mentioned earlier, what if Marvel explored the idea of Santa being a metaphysical being of just pure Christmas hope and Mm -hmm. stuff like that? That's exactly what he is in this storyline. He was a real human that evolved beyond humanity and became a being of pure dreams and hope. I just imagine the Super Saiyan 3 scene from Dragon Ball, and this is to go even further beyond, but instead it's like playing Christmas music and his hair turns like red and white and green. Also in that universe is, uh, what's the guy from uh, A Christmas Carol? Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge? Ebenezer Scrooge, that's it. Ebenezer Scrooge is a real man in the dream universe along with Santa, as is Charles Dickens. Okay. Not the real Charles Dickens, like 
the people's perception of him in their dreams, you know? Like, the dream dimension is just made up of human thought. And it's like people's common perception of Charles Dickens. He's in this universe. And Hal Jordan the Spectre goes on an adventure with Ebenezer Scrooge, Charles Dickens, and the embodiment of people's thoughts and opinions of Santa Claus. There was another storyline in, uh, I think it was the early 90s. DC had launched, like, a series of horror comics, like, just one-offs, short stories, like, pulp magazines, you know? Mm -hmm. They had one in which a little girl is walking home at night, and the streets are crowded, everyone's Christmas shopping, and she starts talking to one of those Salvation Army Santa Clauses, you know, standing outside a store asking for donations and all that. Mm -hmm. She starts talking to him, and he's really nice to her. Well, cut to after their conversation, he entices her up to his hotel room, or his apartment. Oh, no, 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 no. Do not do that, you jolly old elf. Where he closes the door. Oh, no. The next time you see him walking out this little girl is hanging from the ceiling by a rope around her neck and that mall santa has robbed her of a couple cents does it end with real santa showing up and being him up to restore his identity like he did in that one spider-man comic almost that almost happens you see the police get a notification that a little girl went missing and they track her down to the apartment complex which is where eyewitnesses last reported her well the mall santa the killer he decides he needs to escape so he goes out the back door and conveniently there's a sleigh parked in the alleyway. Yay! He jumps in the sleigh, gets into the giant bag filled with presents, and then turns out that sleigh is the real Santa. So Santa flies off into the night, and once the man realizes what's going on, he peeks his head out of the bag and realizes that he's in the real Santa Claus's sleigh, starts freaking out, and he tries to get out of the bag. But as he does, he starts falling out. And the rope that is responsible for closing the bag starts tightening around his neck. The man falls out of the sleigh, and the last shot of the comic, the last frame of the comic, is this really, really well, albeit very well-designed portrait of Santa and the reindeer. They're like swooping around, doing a tight corner, and silhouetted on the moon is the dead body of a hanged man, a hanged child killer silhouetted against the moon and santa's just waving did dc santa just murder a man no they, he didn't murder a man but the man died because of santa oh sure sure it's like i didn't murder him i just cut his brakes and the wall killed him ho 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 merry christmas to all and to all a good night of course <laughs> God, Santa Claus kind of sucks. I wish someone would murder him. Oh, wait, I found a comic about Deadpool getting hired to kill Santa Claus. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, there's a Deadpool comic, and Deadpool is always wacky and fun and violent, uh, where some little kids don't get presents from Santa Claus, so they pull their allowance money and hire Deadpool to go to the North Pole and kill him. And that comic gives us the best Santa line of all time. Fuck Christmas. Fuck those cryberries. Said by a naked Santa Claus holding a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Eventually it's revealed that the kids didn't get presents because one of the elves was evil. So Deadpool doesn't kill Santa. 
But there's a comic where Deadpool is hired to kill Santa. Of course there is. I mean... Also, while we're on the topic of weirdly dark Santa stories, there's a Marvel comic story. It's not canon. It takes place in a different Earth uh, called Son of Santa. Okay. It's about Santa's orphan son because like after mrs claus died santa just put him up for adoption and never spoke to him again when did mrs claus die (laughs) but anyway when he's an adult the elves come and get him because the anti-claus has murdered santa and they need this new guy the son of santa claus to beat up the anti-claus and become santa so that's a thing Marvel published in the 80s for some reason about Santa Claus's son fighting the Anti-Claus. Okay. Oh, God. There are a lot of Santa Claus stories in comics, and a lot of them are weirdly dark. Riley, do you have some uplifting ones? I do, actually. Yes. In the DCU Infinite Holiday Special. Awesome title. Yeah. One of Santa's reindeer, Blitzen, he hires Detective Chimp, who is a chimpanzee, a chimpanzee detective in the DC universe, whom Batman has weekly Skype calls with to compare notes about crimes. I love how the DC universe, like, they try and portray characters like Batman and Constantine as being, like, grim and greedy, but also they can't really do that because they exist in the DC universe and characters like Detective Chimp are just wandering around. Blitzen, one of Santa's reindeer, hires Detective Chimp to help him prank call Santa Claus saying he's a part of the Anti-Christmas Association or whatever in order for him to get a week off work. Blitzen's trying to get a vacation, so he hires Detective Chimp to prank call Santa. Okay. Yeah. How does that end? Uh... I don't know. It's a good question. I My research didn't go into that. Another uplifting storyline is there was a recent Harley Quinn storyline in which she is hired to plug her consciousness into a machine so that she enters Santa Claus's dream. Like, you know, an in Inception, how they can enter yeah. someone's mind. Harley Quinn does an Inception on Santa Claus. She's trying to rescue him from this evil ancient demon that's haunting his mind and And when she discovers Santa Claus, she finds him in his happy place, which is poolside with a handful of barely clothed, very attractive women surrounding him, serving him at all times. You know, those two stories actually kind of remind me of a Marvel comic story, which like sort of Venn diagram overcross of a story both about Santa Claus being horny and about Santa Claus and detectives. There's a sensational She-Hulk story where She-Hulk teams up with an old man with long white beard who wears red named Nick St. Christopher on Christmas to solve a mystery. Because you see, turns out that Santa Claus, when he's not delivering presents, is actually the world's greatest detective. Because he knows when you've been naughty and he knows when you've been nice. So he helps She-Hulk catch a serial killer. And that's all good, wholesome fun. Except at the end, Santa Claus, like, hits on She-Hulk. Okay. And then Mrs. Claus drags him away. Naturally. But yeah, Santa Claus tried to bang (laughs) She-Hulk. I mean, who wouldn't, realistically? I don't know. She would break most men. Except the Juggernaut. Yeah, but I mean, he's the Juggernaut. You really want to do that? Nothing stops the Juggernaut. They, like, legitimately had sex in the comics at one point. Yeah. In Old Man Logan, she had sex with Bruce. Oh, yeah. 
We're off track. But yeah, Santa Claus tried to bang She-Hulk and got in trouble with his wife. <laughs> Didn't she die already, though? No, no, no. You see, that was in an alternate universe. Oh, because okay. it had to be because that one was a story where they killed off Santa Claus, who is one of their longest lasting Marvel Comics characters. And that was partially a joke. But yeah, Santa Claus has been in, around in Marvel Comics since the 50s. He's older than most big Marvel characters. Huh. Okay. But yeah, banging She-Hulk. I mean, I'd try to get with her, realistically. TMI. She's smart. She's very attractive. She's a lawyer. I don't know. One of the most iconic things that DC does with Santa Claus is in the 1997 DCU Holiday Bash, they wrote a storyline in which they established that once a year on Christmas, every single year on the dot, Santa Claus fights through Apocalypse's defenses and their armies at the risk of his own life to personally hand deliver Darkseid a lump of coal. He does this every single year and then escapes Apocalypse with his life. This is a thing that happens every single year in DC. Santa Claus travels to Apocalypse, the homeworld of Darkseid, the man trying to, you know, kill all life in the universe and in the multiverse. You know, that guy. He hand delivers him one lump of coal. That's so petty. I love it. That's the kind of Santa we need in this world. Now, I know what you're thinking, everybody. Can Santa Claus be horrifically murdered? And according to DC, the answer is yes. Yes, he can be murdered. There was a storyline, Young Justice number 40 in 2002, where one of the Teen Titans villains had imbued all of his powers and like his life essence into a meteorite. And it was going to crash onto Earth and destroy the planet, kill all of humanity. But before it happened, Santa Claus had gotten in the way of the meteorite. And it blew up when it came into impact with Santa the sleigh and his reindeer. Santa sacrificed himself to save the planet from a supervillain energy bomb in a Teen Titans comic book in 2002. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible the santa claus would just do that although to be fair i can think of like two other dc stories that killed off santa claus so i mean it's not like he's gonna be dead for long oh no wait do you think it's like uh, in the tim allen santa claus movies where whoever murders santa claus becomes santa claus well you see what happened was that issue ended with establishing that the teen titans had felt so bad that santa had sacrificed himself to save them that they were the ones who delivered the presents all around the world that year and because santa was a being of christmas hope he's essentially immortal so they were hoping that santa would be reborn as a new being by next christmas and pick up where he left off and that's what happened so he was yeah. reborn the next year the teen titans delivered the presents and santa claus was reborn for the next year in swamp thing number 115 it was a Christmas theme story in which they had a very unique interpretation of Santa Claus. His name was Papa Noel, and he was a Cajun Santa Claus. And instead of delivering presents with flying reindeer, Papa Noel had flying alligators driving his sled. Well, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was in a Swamp Thing story. We have not seen Papa Noel ever since that one issue. We have not gotten a true answer as to how that fits in with the real Santa Claus in the DC universe. Is it a 
different person? Is it like Santa Claus, but like he's just doing some weird shit? I don't know. It's just in this one issue, there was some random dude named Papa Noel who looked and acted and did the exact same things as Santa Claus. And he had flying alligators instead of reindeer. That's the last we've seen or heard of him. I mean, that's not too weird, actually. I don't know what story this came from. I just learned it while browsing like the wiki, but apparently it canonically in Marvel Comics, Santa Claus doesn't really have like a race or nationality or accent or standard appearance. He just takes okay. the appearance of whatever the person looking at him associates Santa Claus with, which means that there's probably a Cajun Santa Claus in Marvel Comics too. I mean, that's what they do with Galactus is the reason why he looks human is because his appearance appears to the people who see him as like their own well like their own hold on like their own on earth yeah i think he's a bit inaccurate on that i mean just saying most earthlings aren't hundred mile tall dudes wearing big purple helmets in blue spandex but his face his face is huge i suppose and if he goes to the Skrull homeworld, he's going to appear to be a Skrull. If he goes to the Kree homeworld, he's going to be a Kree. He's going to look, appear to the Kree as being a Kree, you know? So what you're telling me is that Santa Claus is Galactus. Of course. I mean, I thought that was implied already. <laughs> I mean, that's not totally ridiculous. There was a... It was in Marvel, what the, which is like a parody of Marvel that they published. But there was an issue where Dr. Doom became Santa Claus, and he gives the best Doom line ever. Prepare yourself, creatures! Away we zoom! I'm the new monarch of Christmas, Santa Doom! <laughs> that rhyme. I never thought in my life I would ever hear Dr. Doom rhyme. Honestly, he doesn't rhyme, but... I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I mean, he has the personality to start rhyming. Another very interesting interpretation of Santa Claus was a Black Adam storyline. Black Adam, he's a Shazam villain. He was hanging out around Egypt, I believe. And he started talking to this little girl and she was talking about how she was upset that Santa Claus never visits her and will never visit her. So Black Adam took it personally to travel to the North Pole in search of Santa Claus. Black Adam goes to the North Pole and reaches this ice wall with a magic spell enchanted upon it. He breaks the spell and enters this ancient city of Maiar. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Maiar was a city that was hidden by the wizard Nicholas something. When Black Adam enters the gates of the city, he sees that all the people there are giant yetis and eyeballless elves. They're elves without eyeballs. And they all attack him, and he defeats them all, obviously, because he's Black Adam. But then he confronts the lord, the leader, the ruler of Maiar, and it's it's Santa Claus, essentially. And he's a giant wizard, and Black Adam gets into a magic duel with him. And when Black Adam defeats this wizard, he demands that he travel to Egypt to deliver presents. And, and that's what he does. That little girl, and then the next time you see that little girl, Santa Claus had come to her, delivered her presents, and she thanked Black Adam, and Black Adam went about his way. But here's the thing. Maiar was a real city in ancient present-day Turkey, which I believe St. Nicholas is from. Where the real St. Nicholas was from. He was Turkish, I believe. Yeah. 
So, what that means is St. Nicholas was a wizard, which is kind of in line with the Hellblazer comics, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, but also at the same time, I'm pretty sure calling saints wizards is kind of like heresy or sacrilege, whichever of those. I'm not Catholic. It is. It is heresy. But um, in this DC Comics, he is like a wizard and he became a saint, but he was a wizard and he hid his city in the North Pole. But what that means is that this isn't confirmed, but if you think about it, because it's an ancient city in hiding, that means that the very idea that Black Adam tracked down that city and found it and like fought with Saint Nick was he went back in time to fight him, to find it and to fight him because it was an ancient city, which inherently means that by the very act of Black Adam going back in time and demanding that St. Nick travel the world once a year to deliver Christmas presents to good boys and girls, in DC, quite recently, Black Adam created Santa Claus and Christmas. So the real meaning of Christmas is beating up an old dude until he starts delivering presents? Of course. <laughs> okay. It's just a theory. Keep in mind, it's just a theory, but there's not much information on it necessarily. It's just a lot of people have theorized that it's Black Adam created present day Christmas because he went back in time, found the ancient city of Maiar, and forced the man who hid it from the world, St. Nicholas, to become Santa Claus. Santa Claus is kind of like across both of the big publishers. Santa Claus is kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's my whole thesis, my conclusion after reading all these wiki pages and comic scans, that Santa Claus is evil. Like, he sold the North Pole to Hydra. He built a nuclear reactor that almost destroyed the world. And not just that, the whole thing about Spider-Man is the idea that with great power comes great responsibility. But I don't see Santa Claus taking responsibility ever. He's the most powerful mutant in Marvel Comics. Well, where was he when Thanos destroyed half of the universe? Where was he when Galactus tried to eat the Earth? Or when the Skrulls invaded? Or in any of the other big disasters in Marvel Comics? He was just chilling at the North Pole, occasionally coming down to hit on She-Hulk. I think Santa Claus is evil, and in no story is this better exemplified in the 2009 Marvel Holiday Spectacular, which albeit is a story that takes place in a different universe. It's not canon, but all the Marvel heroes are acting in character, so that kind of implies that Santa is too. In it, after Santa learns that all of the reindeer are actually scrolls, because... Marvel. Santa goes to the Illuminati, like the Marvel group made of all the like really smart, powerful superheroes like Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Mr. Fantastic, etc. He goes to them and says, hey, I can't deliver the presents because I don't have my sleigh. Can I have the Infinity Gauntlet? And they give him the Infinity Gauntlet to save Christmas. And he immediately turns evil and tries to take over the world. He goes mad with power instantly. And they have to beat up Santa Claus. Santa Claus is evil in Marvel Comics. That is what I have learned. He is consistently evil. <laughs> Deadpool was right to try and kill him. Oh, of course. I mean, that's a very interesting. Because, well, obviously the way you and I divided this up as you would take Marvel and I would take DC. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I find it because Santa Claus is 
the perception of him is he's a being of just pure joy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at least that's like the standard. So really, the only way you can subvert expectations is by making him a piece of shit. And like just doing some crazy weird stuff with him. I think that that's what the common denominator among all these stories is. It's just writers trying to do something weird and fucked up with Santa Claus. But at least with Santa Claus in the, in the Marvel Universe, at least there's some sense of continuity. The Santa Claus that sold the North Pole to Hydra is the same one that is an Omega level mutant and hit on She-Hulk, right? Seemingly, yeah. And the thing about Santa Claus in the DC universe is there's just no continuity whatsoever. You can do the most messed up thing ever involving him, and then the next year you could do, like, the silliest, most fun thing ever. Like, you could have, literally, in the same year, you could have explore the origin of how he is basically Superman, and then a couple months later, have Constantine snort his ashes like cocaine. And then a couple years later, you can have him be responsible for the hanging of a child killer. And then you could have him be this fun, silly Harley Quinn adventure where she goes into his psyche via the Inception technology. My favorite thing that DC has ever done with Santa Claus is something I'm sure many of you listening were probably thinking like, oh, what, when is he going to mention this? I'm mentioning it here. I'm saving it till the end. The craziest and my most favorite thing that DC has ever done with Santa Claus is Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special. Now, before I continue with this story, the comic has two warnings on the cover. It contains two disclaimers. The first one reads, seriously suggested for mature readers. Fair enough. The second one reads, warning, contains bad taste in the form of ultraviolence, icon bashing, and the finger. More offensive than Christmas usually is. I mean, that's just Lobo in general. Oh, of course. Yeah. So what does Lobo do, Riley? Well, for those of you who don't know who Lobo is, Lobo was created in the 80s, originally as a random bounty hunter, C-tier villain. But over time, writers started to use him as like a parody of like the heavy death metal craze that was the youth culture of the 80s. And also like, especially in the 90s, the comic... Oh, industry yeah. itself like ugh. Lobo yeah. predated the dark age of comics but he is a perfect parody of them in the 90s comic books had become so absurdly over edgy it's fucking insane characters like the Punisher Wolverine Spawn and everything well everything image comics was doing at the time uh even Batman they had just become so over the top edgy for the sake of being edgy because it was the 90s like you said Casey it was the dark ages of comics so what writers did was they decided since Lobo fits perfectly well into that they're gonna use him as a satire of the current state of comics at the time. So it was this very meta approach to comic books of the 90s. In the middle of one of that, they released Lobo Paramilitary Christmas. Now this storyline opens up as like, it's non-canonical. What happens in this story doesn't count. It's basically in this futuristic alien world where 
This married couple is up late on Christmas Eve. They're worried because the dad got fired from his job a week before Christmas. And he isn't able to buy good Christmas presents for his ten children. And I suppose on this alien world, it's tradition for if the parents can't give you nice Christmas presents, the kids get to kill the parents and rip them apart into pieces. I mean, that's a bit violent, but okay. Then the parents are really stressing about that. And at one point, he says, I didn't even want children. And she goes, well, what about all those times... Well, we have 10 kids together. What about all those 10 kids? And then the guy goes, I just wanted to get laid, you know? And uh, it's it's really irreverent, really filthy, lobo humor, you know? And then out of nowhere, there's a knock on the door. The parents open the door to find that an issue of a lobo comic book is on their front porch. And it's the comic book, like, it's the comic book that we're reading within the comic book, you know? It's the story of how Lobo, obviously being a bounty hunter, he's hired by a very drunk Easter Bunny on behalf of all the other holiday characters to assassinate Santa Claus because he's stealing the thunder of all the other holiday characters all these years. Lobo takes the money, takes the job. He travels to the North Pole where Santa Claus is the tyrannical dictator and has enslaved all the elves. Lobo bursts into the North Pole, guns blazing, just massacres all the elves. All the elves, by the way, refer to him as the naughtiest one of all. Oh, no. (laughs) Which I feel like, I don't know, I wanted to ask your opinion on that, Casey. Do you think in the DC Universe, Lobo is the naughtiest of all? He's not the most evil, but he is the naughtiest, because naughty and evil are not the same thing. Yeah. Lobo is evil, but he's especially naughty. I was going to say, because it's like, is he naughtier than Darkseid? Because... Darkseid does what he does, obviously, but I feel like Lobo, if were he were given the opportunity, he'd absolutely do what Darkseid is doing just for fun. Not even a vendetta, just for fun. That's naughtier than Darkseid. So I completely agree. He is the naughtiest one of all. So the storyline continues. He makes his way to the throne room where Santa Claus is waiting for him. Santa coaxes him into a fair fight and Lobo beats Santa's ass and decapitates Santa Claus and has completed his job. So what does he do after that? He finds Santa Claus's naughty or nice list and he sees all the nice people are basically little pussies that he needs to wipe out of the face of the planet. And everyone who's naughty are people who are challenging him for his position as naughtiest of all. So he takes that list takes Santa's sleigh, fills the sleigh with a shit ton of hydrogen bombs that are just conveniently in the North Pole. That night on Christmas, after decapitating Santa Claus in brutal fashion, travels around the world, bombing every city with hydrogen bombs. And that's how the comic book ends. Because remember, this was being read by parents on Christmas Eve. And after reading that comic book, the dad closes it, goes upstairs, grabs his shotgun, and kills all of ten, all ten of his children in their sleep. End of comic book. Merry Christmas, Riley. 
Merry Christmas, Casey. This story was actually adapted into a short film in 2002 that is still to this day on YouTube. I've seen it. This That was my first introduction to this story. And that doesn't quite end in the same way. It ends with Lobo getting to Santa Claus's throne room where he has the Easter Bunny in a cage and Santa apparently has castrated the Easter Bunny and ate the testicles because apparently they're a delicacy. <laughs> and Santa gives Lobo the only present he's ever received. And while Lobo's back is turned, Santa tries to shoot him, but Santa kills him before he gets the chance to kill Lobo. He frees the Easter Bunny and then kills the Easter Bunny and then just walks off because he's Lobo and fuck all of you. So, uh, comics. We love them. We love a lot of the movies that come from them. They're really weird sometimes. And sometimes they have Santa Claus be evil and get murdered by Lobo. Yep. Riley, where can they find you? You can all find me on YouTube at Riley Thorpe, where you can check out all my latest short films. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Riley James Thorpe, all one word. Please give me a follow on those platforms. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Riley Thorpe, and you can find me on Twitter at Riley Thorpe 7. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jarms Casey, J-A-R-M-E-S-C-A-S-E-Y. Also check out the first Mag Train out of Cleveland and other short stories available now on Amazon. It's a collection of sci-fi short stories I wrote. It's a great Christmas present. I mean, please, I need money. College expensive. You know, Riley, this episode really bummed me out and killed my holiday spirit. Do you know any great Christmas movies to cheer me up? Oh, yes, I do. Santa Claus 3. No, I'm kidding. I think a great way to cheer yourself up is by watching a really, really, really bad movie. A movie that's so bad it's good. But you know what else I was thinking? And I wanted to bring this up with you. Uh -huh. I think it's about time we discuss a Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. What? There are so many Star Wars movies to talk about. Which one should we talk about? Well, I was thinking since tis the season, let's Wait. watch. Let's watch. No. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Hello? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. As always, I'm Casey Charms. And I'm Riley Thorpe. And hey, next week's gonna be painful. It really will be. I'm excited. <laughs>